Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. Our mission is to create space for all people, to experience the compassionate love of the Father, and to discover the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today, recorded live inside the Wilson Performing Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri. So if any of you are wondering, we got moved in, we bought a, bought a house, different house, we've been in the same house since 1995, and just this weekend, we got packed up on Thursday, we closed on Friday morning, we waited, we got in on Friday afternoon, everything is, uh, is good to go, not everything is completely unpacked, we're still searching for um, some things, but that'll go on for a while, I'm sure, but thank you so much for everybody that prayed for us. Thank you so much for everybody that came and helped. If you wandered by our house and ended up helping unload a piano out of our house, thank you for doing that. That was quite a job. Thank you for those who tried to show up and it didn't happen the day that we were supposed to to move. And thank you for being a part of that too. And just willing to serve. We're going to talk the next four weeks. We're going to talk about doing hard things. If you were here back in May when the students were graduating, we had a thing for graduates, we talked about the first hard thing, and that was uh, stepping outside your comfort zone. Like it's a hard thing to get out of our comfort zone. Even for those kids to come up and get out of their comfort zone and come and microphone and put it in their face and for them to say stuff out loud. It's it's outside your comfort zone kind of thing. And so we know that a few weeks or a few weeks ago, a few Months ago, actually while we were in Peru when baby Cora was born, and I told them to hold off and wait, and they didn't listen. They went ahead and had her anyway, and we came back, and she was already here. Some of us went to Peru, and we stepped out of our comfort zone. We went to a place we had never been before, and that was a little uncomfortable for some. Some of you just recently had your first day of school or your first day of college. I know Powell just started classes up in Missouri Wesson. It was outside of a comfort zone, something he had never done before. Some of us have started new jobs. There's a lady in our church, her name is Rebecca Talley. She wanted to go by Rebecca. That's her official name. I know her as Becky, but her name is Rebecca. And she had her first day of work at the Chamber of Commerce here in Platte City. It's the first time she'd been in the, in the workforce for a, uh, a little while because she was doing something, I think, even more important. She was staying home taking care of her kids. And so she stepped out of that role. And now that her kids are older, taking care of themselves, certain expectations that their kids have and required of them. And so she's now working, and she's working in a new place with new people. It's outside of her comfort zone. Our kids have moved out of their childhood home, and they're all living in different places. And so it's different for them, and it's different for us, because that's what we've known since, like I said, 1995. Maybe you came here for the first time recently. Maybe this is your first time in church. Maybe this is the first time today. And I understand, and we all understand that it's outside of your comfort zone to come into a place that you're not familiar with. We, we understand that. And I hope that some of the people who come here on a regular basis are not too weird for you. Okay, hopefully they weren't too weird to you when you came in. I mean, that's our goal, not to be too weird. If they were, please tell them not to be weird anymore. Be welcoming. So last week, last week we talked about the jailer in Acts chapter 16 and how he was changed immediately. And how he started to grow immediately after he believed that he blessed 
Paul and Silas by caring for their wounds. He was baptized right after that, and then he brought them into his home, and he began to feed them. This idea of of caring for one another and loving one another and taking care of one another is part of, uh, of the way church is supposed to be and how living things are supposed to grow and change. And so we, we talked about the fruit of the Spirit. Hopefully if you weren't here last week, maybe you get a chance to listen to the message online. But we talked about the fruit of the Spirit. We talked about joy, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And I just want to be honest with you, I failed in all of those areas this week. I'm just being real with you. In every single one of those areas this past week, I did not do well. It was like as soon as I preached about it, I should have expected it. I didn't do very well in some of these areas because we went through a stressful week of trying to get this, the house sold and trying to purchase this other house and trying to get all the details of, of all the things you have to do. How many of you have moved in the last two years. Just raise your hand if you've moved in the last two years. So you get it, right? You understand how complicated it can be. I wasn't very kind sometimes to my wife and I wasn't very good and gentle. And, and uh, I did try to, to exercise some self-control um, in, a lot, in some ways, but maybe not in others. But I just want you to know that I did not do great. And I was on my way over to have lunch with my worship leader and on the way there, I literally was thinking this to myself. What advice would I give someone if they were feeling the way I do right now? Like if someone called me and said, hey, Brady, I feel like I'm really just, I'm not, I'm not doing very good this week. And I'm trying to think to, to, to myself, what, would I, what advice would I give them? And so I, I realized that I have to really, truly practice what I preach. And so I drove like a crazy person down 92 Highway. No, actually, I didn't drive like a crazy person, but I did pray while I was driving. And I presented my request to the Lord on my way over to Smithville. And then I did something all of us need to do occasionally. I complained and I vented to Tony <laughs> over a salmon BLT from Kozak's in Smithville. By the way, those are really good. If you've never had one before, you should try one out. But I did. I just, I just feel like I needed a safe place where I could... I could just say, I'm really frustrated right now. I'm really just discouraged by how all this is going. This is going, and I, and I didn't really know the end result until now. And God was faithful to kind of get us through. And so I wanted to share with you this week about how to do hard things. By the way, that last part of that message was just me being honest with you and just confession. <laughs> Just a confession time. And so if I'm thinking about what, we're gonna, what I'm going to share with you this morning, I know that I'm going to be expected this week to go above and beyond what's required of me. And I know that's going to happen. And I, and I hope you know that's going to happen for you too. So how are we going to handle that? How are we going to process through that? So today we're going to be talking about how to do hard things that go be, beyond what's expected or required of you. So here's the thought. This, this idea, these hard things, by the way, they're not original thoughts by me. They actually came from two brothers who were 17 years old when they wrote this book called Do Hard Things. And it was kind of like raising the bar of the expectations of the modern day teenager. Like how do we raise the bar? How do we go above and beyond? How do we do things that are, that are hard but yet in the midst of it, uh, produce something good inside of us. And so it says, what happens when we measure ourselves or our actions against the bar and that bar is set too low? We might be tempted to compare ourselves to others. 
Maybe in your, in your walk with Christ or maybe in your work life or in your home life or whatever, you might be tempted to compare yourself with others. Do you know that comparison is a thief of joy? If you start comparing yourself with one another, it's a dangerous place because no matter how you compare yourself, you're going to lose. So you might think that uh, either you're not good enough based on someone else or you might think too highly of yourself and think you're a lot better than someone else. Or even if you say, you know what, I'll just like stay right in the middle, you could fall into the trap of complacency. And you never do anything to get any better or to grow and to change and to challenge yourself. And I know I talked about this, uh, I talked about last week, I talked about how I changed and I didn't look the same as I did when I was in high school and things have changed. Here's the one my biggest regret in high school is that I never tried harder to never really improve myself to get better at whatever it was. Like I didn't really work at anything. Some of it came naturally, but I never really, really worked. Really, um, I could have probably been a straight A student if I really would have worked. I could have probably been a lot better athlete. I mean, I was a good athlete, but I was not a great one. But I could have been better if I would have practiced a little bit harder. But I just fell into this trap of just getting by. Listen, in your walk with Jesus, he's never going to ask you just to get by. Just do the bare minimum. Keep the bar low. That way you can always step over it. That is not what Christ is calling us to. I'm just telling you right now. Hopefully you'll find out at the end of this, this message, that's not what he's calling you to. So this is my question, and I want you guys to respond to this right where you're at. As a Christian, as someone who says, I'm a follower of Jesus, this is for you, what is expected or required of you? Okay, and this is more than just don't do bad things, okay? That, that's not, yeah, okay, that should be obvious, but we don't always figure that part out. But it's not, it's not just about don't do bad things. What is expected or required of you, do you think, as a follower of Jesus? Just let me, I want to I hear you. Uh, spread the word, love others. I heard love others. Spread the word. Yes, what else? Well, what would you say? Yeah, love God first. Yeah, okay, basic commandments, love God, love others. Okay, what else? Read your Bible. Yeah, seems pretty simple, right? Pretty straightforward. Read your Bible. He gave it to us for a purpose. What else? Huh? Serve. Right, yeah. Serve. At some capacity, serve in some way. Tithe. Give money. I like this guy. All right. Thank you. I'll pay you later for that one. What else? Pray. Yeah, worship, right? Praise God. Like worship him with, 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 uh, with our lives in one way or another. Worship him. Spend time in prayer. Good. What do you guys think? You guys see some wheels turning out there? Basic requirements. Steve, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the, the serving is worship. Like when we just give of ourselves and we give of our time and love people and love, love, um, love him. Bam. Do you realize that last night I, I laid down after working through some of this stuff and I laid down and I thought, you know what? 
I wonder if that will come up. Like just the basic idea that we are called to forgive one another and to forgive others. I mean, especially forgive one another. Like in this room, if there's someone in this room that you have something against and you have not forgiven them, or maybe you have hurt them and you have not gone to that person, would you please forgive me? In this room alone, that should happen. That is an expectation. It is required of us. That's not even something to go above and beyond. That's just a basic requirement of a follower of Jesus. And so I wrote, love God, love others. Uh, Jesus said, he was asked, hey, what are the two greatest commandments? Basically, they're asking the question, tell me where the bar is, Jesus, so I know if I can step over it or not. And Jesus was like, man, I'm going to blow it out of the water. Love God, love others. With everything that you have. Not with the leftovers. But with everything that you have, love God, love others. The next one that I was thinking about was thinking about giving and serving. So here's some questions. Is it expected? Is it required? Is it required for salvation? Thank you. Is it required for church membership? Not here. <laughs> we, we have a basic, we have this basic thought. If you, if you attend here and you serve here and you give here, you're a member here. And at some level, there's not like, a, like, well, you have to give this much or serve this much or whatever. But we just say, are you invested here? This is your church. Is it, listen to this. Is it required for, to receive a blessing? Is it required for you to receive a blessing? Hear me out. Don't get nervous. There was a survey that I heard about. They talked about it on K-Love. Now, how accurate it is, I don't know. Scientific but it was a survey that they did. 50% of Christians believe that volunteering at their church is enough. There is no need to give financially to the church. What if that same principle was applied? You can pick any kind of place, any, any place you want to pick, but I'm going to pick Bee Creek, okay, the little cafe here in town. I like to go to Bee Creek. I like to sit in my corner at Bee Creek and talk to people. And literally, I go to Bee Creek enough that somebody was looking for me the other day, and instead of calling my cell phone number, they called Bee Creek. And they brought me the house phone at Bee Creek. Hey, somebody's looking for you. They need to talk to you. I was like, Are you serious? They're like, Yeah. I'm like, Hello? Oh, yeah, this is the Chamber of Commerce. There's a lady here in town looking for somebody to do her daughter's wedding. Are you available to come talk to her? It's like, sure, it's like a half a block away. So I went around the corner and talked to her. I don't know. Maybe, that, maybe I go to Bee Creek too much or maybe not enough. I don't know. What if 50% of the customers that walked into the cafe ordered their food and instead of paying, they just proceeded to bust the table, sweep the floor, 
put the ice in the ice machine, run food back and forth for the customers. That's nice, right? But what is the expectation of the owners of Bee Creek? What's the expectation? Yeah, what, what is, I come, I go there a lot, but do they, do they expect me when I order? Now, I'm not saying that church and Bee Creek are the same, but I'm just trying to make a point. What is the expectation? They expect you, actually, they require you to render some form of payment for the services that they are providing for you. They're actually asking you to do that. I think that's, that's pretty fair, right? So with this idea, how do we go above and beyond in that context of what is required or expected or required of us? Maybe after you pay for your food, you go ahead and still help bust the tables. Maybe if it's busy, you help wipe down the tables and throw the trash away so the next customer can sit down. You go ahead and do that anyway. Even though it's not expected or required of you, it's still something you could do, right? Or it might be that the next person that walks in, maybe you say, you know what? I just want to bless them today. I want to get their, their, their coffees on me. Not expected, not required, but it is something you could do, right? Just to be a blessing to someone else. Does that make sense? I want, I want you to hear this and make sure that um, you, you hear my heart in this. Giving to support the work of the local church is a basic expectation of the Lord's and offerings are required for us to do ministry. They are. It's just, it's just the truth. I mean, we, they let us meet in this building, but they do not let us meet here for free. But just basic cost of doing business. We do have to pay to be here. And all the other things that are provided, it does take resources to do that. Can I just say that as a church, we've been blessed. People have been generous and people have been um, faithful. But that doesn't mean that everyone has been faithful. (laughs) And it doesn't mean that God has more in store inside of you, the work he's doing inside of you in this particular area. And that's between you and him. And you need to decide in your heart what it is that you should give. We don't, we're not going to assign an amount. You have to decide what it is that he's asking of you. Do you know that Jesus himself was asked, they came to him and they were t- testing him, kind of trying to trip him up a little bit. And they were asked, Jesus was asked, hey, should you pay Caesar? Should you pay taxes to Caesar? Do you know the story? Are you familiar with what happened? Jesus says, hey, give me a coin. They give him a coin. He says, hey, what's on this coin? Well, it's a it's a picture of Caesar. It's his image. And he tells them, you should render unto Caesar's what is his. There are basic requirements of, of, of things that we are expected to pay here on earth. You should render to Caesar what is Caesar's. And then he says, you should give to God what is God's. I'll give it away. Do you know what image is on the back side of that coin that belongs to God? It's your image. Because you were created in his and you belong to him. And he's asking you to give yourself back to the one who gave you life in the first place. That is above and beyond anything that is expected or required of you to walk into this door. 
What are some ways to go above and beyond in the area of giving? Well, we had an example of that just recently when we put out the baby bottles. There are times when we take up a special love offering for a family, a specific family that's in need, and we need to bless them above and beyond, and so we'll ask for a love offering. There are mission projects that we are a part of, outreach projects that we're a part of, and we'll ask, you know, hey, could you give? Could you help make that happen? And I want to give you a picture and a story that is above and beyond what is expected or required of you as a follower of Jesus. So the, um, not too long ago, it was probably three weeks ago now, I got another phone call that was, um, our church phone number, by the way, is my cell phone number, except we do have a 431 number that we did publish, which only has rung one time that we know of, and that happened just recently, but that's another story. But my phone rang, and it was this guy on the other end, and he said, he said, hey, um, we're stuck here in town, we need some help, is there any way you can help us? I get multiple phone calls like that as a pastor of a church. So I began to ask questions. So where are you at? What happened? Hey, we're, our brakes are completely out on our vehicle. We're right by the quick trip. I said, do you think you can limp it around the corner to the Goodyear service station and at least get an estimate and try to find out how much we're talking about? This young couple from South Dakota got their vehicle over there. It was like an old Ford Explorer. They got their vehicle over there. They put it up on the rack. They took all the tires off and they were operating on metal on metal on the back brakes. They had no front brakes at all. Matter of fact, on their driver's side, if you know what a rotor is, it was completely rusted out and they had no brake pad at all on that side. And they were told it was gonna be $1,012. Well, it was a Thursday. <laughs> And Sunday wasn't coming for a few more days. We didn't have time to take up a love offering to help these people. Now, is it expected or required of me to help these people? Some of you are struggling with the, whether that's a yes or no. So I went, I met with them. I, I introduced myself to them. I said, hold on a minute. Let me go in and talk to the people in the shop. I went into the shop. I said, listen, there is no church in this community that's going to be able to come up with that kind of money right now. Is there any way this bill could be a little bit less? Well, let me do some figuring. So he got down $592 can get him out the door. I was like, well, that's a little bit better than $1,000 and 12. You know, I was like, in our church, in our bylaws, there's a policy. If there's an expense over $500, it is required of me, just for a safety net, to talk with our board. Hey, what do you guys think? So the first person I call is my finance guy. <laughs> and I said, hey, I know financially we're able to help with this need, but I want to make sure, hey, what do you think about this? Are you okay? Should we let the rest of the board members know? Yeah, we should probably let them know it is over $500. So... I want you to understand, I had just had this conversation with his family and told them, listen, it's $592. It's better than what it was. I think we're going to be able to help. i got to make a few phone calls. Hold on. There's a guy sitting from, from me to Dan in the, in the waiting area listening to all this go on. I go over, have the conversation with Dan, come back to the counter. This guy is over here. He gets up. He comes up to me and says, hey, I overheard your conversation. Is there anything I can do to help? I said, well, my math tells me 
that anything over $500, I, I got to get approval for it. I gotta, and we're on a time crunch here. We got like three hours to get these people on the road. I said, I can have the conversation. I've already talked to my finance guy. He said, can I pay the $92 and make it an even 500? Is it expected or required of him to do that? Or do you think that's above and beyond what's expected or required of him? Our connection was the fact that we are followers of Jesus. He goes, I'm a Christian too. And I want to help. Isn't that awesome? Ladies and gentlemen, isn't that amazing? Like he said, let me help. He had just got his vehicle checked out. They said there was nothing wrong with it. His bill was zero. And he took his credit card and swiped it and paid the other $92 so that we could pay the 500 and get those people on the road. Amen. Yeah. That's, that's, listen, it's that kind of stuff. I'm not saying you're always able to do that. But are you available to do that if you, if you are able? Step into that kind of situation and say, hey, let me do my part. Let me, let me help. Now, on the other side of this 50% of those who say, well, I'm not going to give to the church. I'll just volunteer and help out. On the other side of that coin, there may be some thinking, well, I can just give money to the church. But serving is just not something I'm willing to do. Okay? I'm just not available or able to do that. We'll talk a little bit more about that next week, but, but I'm, I want to encourage you to understand that both are needed. In the church, both are needed. We need people who are able to give, and we need people who can serve, and we need people to do both just to make it work. Uh, teamwork makes the dream work, right? <laughs> and we need, we need each other. So we did talk about giving, we talked about serving, and we, someone brought up forgiving. It's expected and required of us. If you don't believe me, read your Bible. <laughs> You'll find it in there. What does above and beyond look like in this particular area of forgiveness? Jesus says, love your enemies. Bless those who persecute you. If your enemy is thirsty, throw water on him? <laughs> no, if your enemy is thirsty, give him a drink. But why is it in our flesh that there are times where if our enemy's thirsty, we just love to pour the water out in front of them or drink it in front of them? That is not who he's calling us to be. He's calling us to sacrifice. Matter of fact, he's saying, take the water you were going to drink and give it to your enemy and bless them. Turn in your Bible to Mark chapter 10. Got to finish up here. Mark chapter 10. Verse 17. Jesus. Jesus did ministry on the go. He was, on, he was, he was moving. And this person came up to him. It says in verse 17 in Mark chapter 10. I was, as he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up, knelt down before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is expected? What is required of me to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him, No one is, a good, is good except God alone. You know the commandments. 
Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He just gave him a few of the ten. Which, by the way, is it okay to say that the Ten Commandments are expected or required? Those are things that we should follow. Those are great, <laughs> those are great things that we should follow. But Jesus always takes it to another level. <laughs> he would even say, yeah, do not murder, but don't even look at someone and hate them in your heart. That's kind of the above and beyond language. So in verse 20, he said to them, teacher, I have kept all of these commandments from my youth. I've been able to clear the bar <laughs> to this point. It says, Jesus looked at him. I love this phrase in scripture. Loved him and said to him. He looked, he loved, <laughs> and he spoke to him. He says, you lack one thing. He's getting to the heart of the matter in this guy's life. You lack one thing. Go sell all you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. But he was dismayed by this demand and he went away grieving because he had many possessions. And I think the reality was those many possessions had him. Jesus will always take us to the place or the thing <laughs> that is getting in the way of us fully loving him. And in this case, it was his possessions. Do hard things is not about behavioral modification. We're not just trying to get you to behave differently. It's about heart transformation. Because here's the reality. We can all walk in the door and behave properly for a short period of time. All of us can. Especially for an hour on Sunday morning. But I think the Lord is calling us to something much deeper than that because Jesus paid a great price for us. So his expectation for us, his requirement is for us to offer ourselves fully back to him, right? Can I get an amen? Right? And I talked about this earlier. Caesar's image was on the coin in Mark chapter 12. But you were created in God's image. And his requirement for you is to offer yourself to him. More than just anything that we can give out of our pockets or any, more than anything we can do with our time, our gifts and our abilities. He's, he's wanting us. And listen, last week, it was so funny, before the service started, we had the offering basket. Um, little uh, Lauren Winkler, a little girl, had the basket and she put it down on the ground and she tried to climb inside the basket. And I thought, I tried to get a picture. I couldn't get my phone out in time to get a picture of it because it would have been a great image. But I'm like, that's it. That's what is expected or required of us. 
is to put ourselves fully into the offering basket and say, God, here I am, all of me, all of the ugliness of me, all of the, my past, all of my future, everything, it's yours. And I just want to encourage you this morning, you're missing out on the fullness and richness of the experience if you don't partake and don't immerse yourself 100%. We offer ourselves to the one who's already offered himself for us. And then on top of that, he gives us spiritual gifts. And we don't have enough time to talk about all of those, but he gives us and he gives us abilities, ways that we can serve him and serve one another in the church. And I encourage you to try to discover what those gifts are and then use them. You will never be able to outlove or outgive God. But you should spend the rest of your life trying to. Do you hear me? If you want your life to be full and to be rich and have purpose and meaning, spend the rest of your life trying to figure out a way to outlove him and outgive him. I'm going to finish up with this question. What would it look like if all of us did? the hard thing and go above and beyond what is expected or required of us as a spouse, as a parent, children, as a child in this room to your parents, as an employer, maybe an employee, as a friend, as a teammate, etc. Etc. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, that you have done immeasurably more than we could ever expect or require of you. Who are we really to require anything of you? You're the giver of the breath that we breathe. You are the one who has purposes and plans for us. And you're waiting for us to go sell whatever it is that's gotten in the way of us truly following you. And then to come and walk with you to live for you. Lord, would you forgive us for wasting our time and our gifts, our abilities? Would you forgive us for investing in things that just don't matter. And thank you for your grace today that you're willing to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You set us back on course to do the things that you expect and require of us and the things that go beyond that. 
God, we thank you for this day. I pray you would be honored in what it is that we give back to you as we walk away from this place this morning. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today and you need prayer for anything, come up. And uh, someone will pray with you. You can pray alone right here at the altar. This time is for you. Thanks again for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church or need to talk to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.